0: Open your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great. And shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. God. And behold thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren for with God. God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, that sickness does not have to stay there. For with God, that addiction does not have to stay there. For with God, that deliverance is right in reach. For with God, He has nothing that He cannot do. He is the great I Am. He is the King of kings, the Lord of glory. He is God Almighty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word, and the angel departed from her. Father, we love you so much. And God, as we come here on this Sunday service before the celebration of Christmas, the birth of Christ, Lord, I... I beg that you just let your presence continue to stir in this place. Let your Holy Ghost march up and down these aisles, through these pews, God, stirring in our hearts the convicting power that only you can stir, bringing people an awareness to lostness and their need to salvation, giving strong confidence, Lord, the conviction of righteousness to those who are your children. God, I pray you just move with power, working, God, your glory, even this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Mary was the mother of Jesus, And I don't think there's anybody that wants to stand and argue and debate and say, oh, no, she wasn't. That's just a fable. That's not true. Mary was the mother of the Christ child. Mary was the mother of the Savior. And as the video clip said, Mary gave birth to Jesus. And when she looked at that ba- baby, she realized she was looking at her very own Redeemer. She was not only looking at this child she brought into the world, she was looking at this child who was going to be and was her Savior he was the one that would cleanse her of her sins he was the one that would wash her and make her that child of the living god that would forever have a place in the heaven because she would be born again because of what jesus christ had done but before she was the mother of the christ child mary was something else mary was a a servant of god She was a a young lady who, who, who was a willing heart that wanted to serve her Lord, her master, her God with all that she was. She did not become a servant after she became pregnant with Christ. She was a servant before that ever transpired in her life. She was a servant yielded to God before He ever came upon her with the Holy Spirit. And see, if you are truly a child of God and you are born again of the Holy Spirit of God and you know down inside your soul by the witness of the Holy Ghost that you are saved and you know if you die tonight you are going to glory land. You know that. Why? Because the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God. If you know that... You have been called to be a servant also. You are to serve Christ. And you see, your motivation with which you serve means everything. Your motivation has to be pure. It has to be undefiled. See, you are not serving because you get a position. You are not serving because you get a title. You are not serving because somebody's going to treat you in a different way. Because you are reverend so-and-so. You are brother so-and-so. Deacon so-and-so. Usher so-and-so. Or whatever it might be. It's not about the position, my friends. It's about the relationship you have with Christ. Jesus and your motive is to serve him regardless if anybody knows your name. Your motive is to serve him regardless if anybody ever thanks you. You see, we, we, we have a time where everybody has to be thanked and everybody has to be back padded. Is that a right word? Back padded. <laughs> See 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 but but when you are a servant of the living God you serve him regardless of everything else because it's not about the position it's not about the recognition it's about you get the ability the willness to yield and to give service to the king and Mary she understood this and before she received the, the Christ in her womb she was a servant and, and listen to me God said, Mary, you are going to bring the Messiah. You are going to bring the Christ child into the world. Mary, you've never been with a man. You are pure. You are a virgin. You are going to bring forth a baby. Now, when she hears this, yes, it shocks her. But she knows the Old Testament prophecy of Isaiah. She understood. And just like most Jewish parents were looking every generation for that to take place, I believe she was looking for it, but she wasn't expecting it to be her. And when it took place in her life, she said, yes, Lord. But she had to process some things. You ever have to process some things? Can you imagine what's going on in her mind? What's Joseph going to say about this? What's mom and dad going to say about this? What's aunt and uncles going to say about this? What's the neighbors going to think about this? My life is going to be radically changing. Right? Right? That's what you start processing when you receive a word from God that implicates you and, and works inside you in that capacity because there is going to be a change that takes place inside yourself and that's what salvation is all about. For those who have truly been born again, there is a change that is wrought inside you. The Holy Ghost comes inside you and He makes that which was alive, He deadens it and He takes that which was dead and He makes it alive. He takes you and He makes you into a brand new creation and the old things are passed away and all things become brand new and God starts to fashion us and to make us into the very image and the likeness of Jesus Christ there is a change that happens at salvation or you've never been changed or saved but we live in a time where we just want people to make a profession of faith and write their name down on a piece of paper get baptized in the water become a church member and then we want to say you're all right honey I was there You don't know they're all right. Don't tell them that. When they get saved, they know they're saved. By the Spirit of the living God. He bears witness with their spirit. And the reason they know they're saved is they first knew they were lost. we got a whole generation that doesn't understand they're lost. we got a whole generation that thinks they're lovable. I do. What's not lovable about me? Don't ask Sharp. All right. See, 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 we've got a whole generation that thinks we are acceptable to God, and God, we're doing God a favor by signing up with Him. And we have no concept that I'm a lost scoundrel, and there's no sin that I am not capable of doing, committing, thinking about, apart from a life yielding to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when he saves you, he shows you first off a convicting power of sin. He shows you your blackness, he shows you your darkness, he shows you what you are. And when he shows you that, he shows you the light of the glorious gospel. He shows you his love. Whereby he says, I can change you. I can wash you. I can let my blood cleanse you. I can make you brand new. I will turn you from a son of hell to a son of righteousness to my child. Amen and amen and amen. You missed a good spot to say amen. See, he saves you. That's a miraculous work. And so here was Mary. Mary. She is confronted with the truth of God from an angel who comes and he tells her this message. And he says, Mary, you're qualified. And let me tell you something. If you are truly born again and you know down inside your soul that you're a child of the living God, you are qualified. You may not feel qualified. You may not always act qualified. But with the Holy Ghost inside you, you are qualified to be a servant. And that's what he's called us all to be, servants. He gifts us in different capacities. He gifts us in different means and ways. And we are to utilize the giftedness with which God has given us to serve. And we're not serving man, we're serving God. God. As we utilize the giftedness that he gives us, we walk through the doors that he opens for us. We witness to those who are lost. We minister to those who are in need. As he ignites that inside us, we are serving the living God. See, this is the same thing that happened with Mary. Because, you see, every servant has a mission. Now, look what it says in verse 31. There is a wasp. In eastern Kentucky, we'd say a wasper. I thought I felt something hit my head. Somebody flipping bees at me. You know, we don't handle snakes in here, but we're getting into them waspers, right? I'm getting way out of place. Verse 31. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. First 38. And Mary said behold the handmaiden of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word and the angel departed when God gives you a mission he gives you a similar mission that he gave to Mary and what he gave to Mary was a supernatural mission he gave her a responsibility that she could not do by her own power she could not do by her own intellect she could not do because her family and friends she said Mary you are to bring the. a Messiah into the world and you've never been with a man it is supernatural and hear me when God works in your life and in my life as his servants, he said I want you to be bringing forth a supernatural mission and I will give you supernatural power whereby you can do what I'm calling you to do it's beyond human ability to do what God's mission is now we got a whole generation that just wants to think up some new idea and we want to do action steps how we can achieve it just like the business world does but hear me that's not what God does God doesn't need your best idea God doesn't need your good intentions what God says when I call you I equip you I put you in a supernatural mission and I will endue you with power from on high a supernatural power whereby you can do what I have called you to do and if you are doing what you say is God's will in your own power because you came up with some Good idea. Guess what? It's not God. It's just your flesh parading itself in a religious garb. You see, I mean, when God told Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, I believe that was supernatural. Would you not? When he got to the Red Sea and the water was standing in the way and Pharaoh's army was behind him and he held up the staff, the rod of God, and the waters part, that was supernatural. When God told Gideon to go fight the Midianites and there was thousands upon ten thousand of them and he went into battle with three hundred men, that was supernatural, was it not? When God looked at Elijah and Elijah prayed down fire from heaven, that was supernatural. When the church prayed and the place shook, my friends, because of the very power and presence of God, that was supernatural. Hear me, Peter was called to walk on water, that was supernatural. Paul raised the dead, that was supernatural. What are you about in your ministry that is beyond your ability to do yourself? That's the mission of God. And God said, Mary, here's your mission. Bring forth the Messiah into the world. And she did, because she yielded to God. And the reason we come up with good ideas to fill our time is because we don't know what it really means to yield to God and to wait upon God's will. You see, we prove we know God, we prove we walk with God by doing things that we're not able to do. Because He works in us. He works through us. See, see, Mary's part, bring the Messiah into the world. Do you know what your part and my part is? Take the Messiah into the world. Is that not supernatural? Yes, just as important as what Mary did bringing him into the world. We are to take him into the world. So every servant has a mission, but every servant has a means. Look what it says in verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. How do you fulfill a supernatural mission? How do you do that? By the power of a supernatural God. You do it by the strength of the Holy Spirit of God who resides in your life, who comes inside your life. Peter stood there at Jesus one day and he said thou art the Christ the son of the living God and we say yes that's who he is but we're like Peter so many times we don't even understand what we're saying because just like Peter we leave here and we go warm by the enemy's fire and we cuss and we deny our savior but we made that testimony didn't we you see Peter didn't know the power yet but there in that upper room when all of a sudden Jesus walks into that place in John chapter 20. The door doesn't open, but there he is. And he says what? He said, fear not. How can I not be afraid? You just showed up inside this place. He said, look at my hands. Look at the scars. Look at, look at my side. Look at the scars. He said, fear not. And, and then you remember what it says? He, he, he said, it says he breathed on them. He, he, he breathed. He blew the breath of God on him. He gave the, the Ruach, the Holy Ghost of God, came upon their life. And all of a sudden, this thing that Peter testified on, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But then he went and denied him. And then he went and warmed by the enemy's fire. And then he started cussing. All of a sudden, there's a change in this man named Simon Peter. Because the same Simon Peter, who is fearful, and he's doing these things because he's afraid. Now that spirit of fear is gone, And there is a boldness that's come inside him. There's a confidence that's come inside him. And he stands up at Pentecost and he preaches the gospel. He preaches my friends, without fear of anybody and thousands come to faith in Jesus Christ. It's not the same Peter. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been realized fully in his life. That's the means by which you fulfill the mission of God. It's by the Holy Ghost in you. But you've got to come to that place where you submit. You say well preacher I submitted to Jesus. I don't know about this Holy Ghost thing. It's the same thing. Don't fret too bad. You can't submit to Christ if you don't submit to the Holy Spirit. It's the same thing. They're the same. Three in one. I cannot explain it because it's beyond my comprehension. I'm just delivering the message. But you surrender to the Holy Spirit and see so you experience the means and all of a sudden the means becomes the Spirit of God. He quickens your spirit and he gives you a sensitivity to realize this is of God. This is not of God. This is God put this in my path. God opened this door. God placed this person here for me to witness. Through. It is God doing this and you just start speaking and you start speaking. You know what he does? He gives you the next sentence you're supposed to say and you You just talk, and when he says stop, you quit preaching at 22 minutes. There's a few of you got that, but anyway. Hear me. He guides you. The Holy Spirit is the means with which we minister forth the Word of God. It's the means by which we minister in any capacity because it is pointing to Jesus. It is pointing to our Savior. It's pointing to Him. See, the Holy Spirit, He gives you power. The Holy Spirit, He gives you the, the ability to stand up in God's army. The Holy Spirit, He gives you victory. He gives you strength. The Holy Spirit, He enables you effective servant. The Holy Spirit, He enables you to walk in obedience, the Holy Spirit, He gives you eternal fruit. He, he convicts me of sin. He convicts me of righteousness. He convicts me of truth. He baptizes me. He, he shows me His Word. He sanctifies me. He seals me. He secures me. Man, the Holy Ghost does all that. Why? Because there's a mission that we're to be about. And it takes a supernatural means. Because everything else is just flesh, isn't it? It's just Mark, Parade, and Mark. But something happens when he quickens my spirit and he quickens your spirit. And he starts stirring inside us. Now, here's the method. Here's what brings it all together. It's surrender. It's absolute surrender. There's none of this, well, I'm going to make Jesus my Savior Because I don't want to go to hell, but he's not going to be the Lord of my life. I'm going to still do what I want to do. Where do we get that false teaching? See, when you, the Bible says you profess him as Lord and, Lord's first. See, he is your Lord. And the method is by surrender, full surrender to Christ. And In verse 38, you, you see this. See, it does no good to know the mission. It it does no good to know the means if you fail to use the only method. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. She settled it once and for all. Right there. There was absolute. There was complete surrender. How do I know that? Because Mary, how old do you think she was when the Christ was born? 15, 18, 20, all I know is this is 33 years later when she's 48 or 53 or 55, I don't know, but 40 or 33 years later she is standing by the cross as they're crucifying her son and she has in her ability, in herself, the ability to stop it. Do you understand she could have stopped the crucifixion? He's the son of a soldier. It's all a lie. A soldier came to my town a while, 33 years ago, and we kind of got together. And then he left, and, and it's just all a lie. He's the son of a sailor who, who just came by. And he's Joseph, my, my carpenter. He's the carpenter's son. It's all a lie. She could have said that. But she knew that he wasn't the son of some sailor, soldier or the carpenter. She knew that it was the Son of God, and so she sat there as they nailed those nails into His hand, as they put that crown of thorns upon His head, as they pierced that spear into His side, as they nailed His feet, as they dropped that cross, she watched her beloved son die, because He was not only her son, He was her Redeemer. He was her Savior. And He was dying for her sin, just like He died for my sin. And even though she had in her human ability to be able to stop it, she was quiet, quiet because... Because she knew she could not stop what God had originated. Because the hope of mankind hung there. He died as her savior. For you, for me. He took the punishment, the pain, the penalty. He, he, he bore it. On a cross. And this grieving mother Watched. Knowing he is the Son of God. But three days later. Woo! Three days later, everything changed, didn't it? Because we got a changing God. He comes on a situation that looks like it's a mess, but give him three days, and everything can be different in three days. Three days later, He gets up out of that grave. There's nobody rolls that stone away. He walks out of it just like He walked into that room. The angels rolled it away for them to see. Nobody's in there, but Jesus didn't need their help. He got up. Why? Because God always gets up. God is always there. God is always working, and God showed up for His disciples who were defeated who were downtrodden and he breathed on them the very power the means the Holy Spirit of God and he still does it today listen but you got to surrender you got to surrender it does no good to know the mission taking Christ into the world or the, the means you got to know the method. You surrender. So let me ask you this question. Have you surrendered? See, see, Mary says two things. She said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Have you said that to Jesus yet? Do you know what that means when you say, I'm the handmaiden? That means I'm the one who does all the jobs that you don't want to do. I'm going to wash the windows... I'm going to clean the floor. And I don't even have to be thanked. I'm your handmaiden. That's an act of surrender. If you made that act of surrender, we say, God, whatever it is. If you want me to clean the bathrooms, if you want me to go out here and pick up branches, Lord, I surrender all. I surrender. And then the second thing that shows she completely surrendered was, she said, be it unto me according to Thy word. There's a point where you've got to say, this is the word of God. This is the word of eternal life. And this word is living, it is breathing, it is active. It will cut you to the core of your being. It will burn out the dross that may be building up in your life. It is a fire. It is a hammer that comes into your life. And it can shatter all this junk that we are playing with. But I've got to understand, be it to me according to thy word. And I surrender, I submit to thy word. Have you done that? You just want to be a religious enough to be respected. The angel came. Scared Mary. That's why he said, Fear not. He told Mary truth. And she surrendered. I'm no angel, but I've told you truth. Will you surrender? And maybe you're here today and and you've never been born again. You do not know inside your soul. You don't have the assurance if you die tonight, you would go to heaven. You do not know that you know that you know you're saved. And we can show you with an open Bible what it means to be saved if you'll respond. And so we're going to give you an opportunity here in a moment just to come and let someone just show you Scripture what it means to call upon the Lord. Maybe you're here and you're saved, but You're struggling with that surrender aspect. You're afraid that you're going to not have as much fun. You're afraid you're going to miss something in life. You are going to miss some stuff in life if you surrender to Jesus. You're going to miss a lot of pain. And you're going to have a lot of promises of God becoming real in your life if you respond to Jesus with surrender. But I don't know what he said to you today. Let me ask. What gift have you given Christ this year? We're busy buying presents for a lot of folks, but what, what gift have you given to Christ? It starts with the gift of your heart and in your life. Bow with me as we pray. You obey God as he's speaking to you. Whatever he's saying, lost, come be saved. Backslidden, come get restored. If you're, if you're struggling, come and pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Thank you, Father, for all you've done and worked in this service, God, letting us know your presence, God. Thank you, Father, for for walking up and down these aisles and through these pews, God, quickening hearts and lives. And and Lord, I pray right now that, that you would just continue to work, Father. If there's anyone here lost, God, let this be the glorious day of new birth where they would, for the first time, could understand receiving the Christ into their life. Father, maybe there's someone here struggling. God. Give them your truth, your word. And God, maybe you've put a mission in before someone's mind as they see it and it almost overwhelms them. Father, I pray that you help them to understand the means is surrender. Become the handmaid of Jesus. And let your word be truth and we obey it. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together with we'll seeing Y'all.